you're tuning in to Change It Up, the podcast. A podcast about young people challenging the status quo. I'm Sarah and I'm super excited to be in this journey with you. We Gen Z's have so much to offer this world. We're creative, inclusive, empathic and tenacious. And we're not afraid to stand up for each other. Join me and a fellow Gen Z for a weekly conversation about the behind the scenes of being a young change maker and all the things that matter to us. We're here to build connections and inspire positive change. So do you want to change the world with me? Take along. Really fed up. Like I was like, you know, the meat, the mainstream media. Like I see the news; they don't even cover climate change. Um, I also saw like just in environmental activist spaces. I just like didn't see people of color like really having a voice. We need people who come from um, different backgrounds, especially communities who are on, you know, dealing with this crisis, to be talking about it. Um, I don't think they're given enough of a platform. Hey everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of Change It Up. I'm Sarah, and I'm really happy to be here today. I am happy to tune in with you guys and facilitate this conversation and be part of this community. I hope that wherever you are right now, that you have had a fab day so far, and that this conversation will infuse your day with a little bit more of sunshine, and that we are able to facilitate a conversation that will connect you with a community of other young people who are passionate about making a positive change in the world but also shares the conversation around what do we do as activists and as young people and how do we do we how do we keep being young and being ourselves and being gen z's and and all that comes with that um but also wanted to make 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 a change in the world and i think in this conversation there's so many nuances and complexities i think just about like for the past six months that we've been recording this podcast that and all the people that i've talked with i just realized that within every single course and every single area that we talk about there is so many more nuances and intersectionalities and things that intertwine and that we need to be aware that both the subjects and the solutions are not always as simple as we believe them to be and as black writers that we believe them to be and and i think today's conversation is a really a a wholesome insight into to that to that area because we we chat all about intersectional environmentalism and something that has come i think more and more been something that i have had on my mind because realizing the intersection between um the climate crisis and mental health or the climate crisis and systemic issues like racism or um gender equality or something like that that intersection and how that we can't find a solution for the environmental crisis or the climate crisis without actually addressing these systemic issues as well and and that if we address them both we actually end up with more sustainable solution than we would otherwise and and how can we sort of address the the oppression within the environmental um when in, in within the environmental 
like the entire system but also the entire movement and and all these issues that and give voice to to people who are of different and diverse backgrounds and cultures and heritage and that they see the climate crisis differently and that we need to to address all of these things to find sustainable solutions um that has really been on my mind the past i think for the past several months when when i think it's something that we realize more and more and and i'm super happy to to have this conversation today because that taught me so much about being aware of these things and that our solutions need to be more inclusive and more diverse in whatever area that we that we are working in and i think it's something that i'm also taking right now as we move into the holiday season and we come together and take care of our families and or with our friends and and realizing the importance of of seeing and people are different than that we should all just um embrace those differences and and celebrate them even more um and and use them actively to to build deep connections and a like more creative more um collaborative solutions to whatever crisis or whatever issue or something that that we're dealing with and and with that being said i would like to welcome today's guest because christy dreadman has just taught me so much about the the intersectional environmentalist movement and and how we can address the oppression that is happening within the environmental movement and the systemic issues um around environmentalism and and i'm super excited to bring her on the show so Christy, she's otherwise known as, as Brown Girl Green, and she's a climate activist and the host of the podcast show Brown Girl Green, a series of conversations around building an environmental just society. She's passionate about writing or not writing, working in the intersection between media diversity and environmentalism and has worked with young people all around the world to create a more collaborative and inclusive solutions to the climate crisis. Um, and this episode, we chat all about um, environmental environmentalism and intersectional environmentalism and addressing the oppression and her experience as a Filipina American um, of like how it is for her and her experience around being a young environmentalist in today's society and being a young woman in today's society. And I can't wait to bring her on the show and for you guys to hear this conversation. So. Let's bring on Christy. Hey, what's up? Thank you everyone for tuning in to today's episode and I'm really excited about you joining the show, Christy. I'm a huge fan of, of all your work and I just wanted to start this whole conversation about what sort of led you down the path of going into the climate activism space and what inspired you to do so. Yeah, well, thank you so much for just like having 
um, this show and for inviting me. I'm really grateful to just meet people from around the world. This is so fun for me. Uh, but for people who don't know, my name is Christy Drutman. I'm the host and founder of Brown Girl Green, which is a media series that's focused on intersectional environmental action. Um, I talk a lot about not only the importance of advocating for environmental issues, but specifically through the lens of being a person of color or like a brown woman. Um, and so I, I talk a lot about like my own experiences of navigating um, racial justice and equity issues um, within the environmental space um, and try to, you know, also incorporate that lens. Um, that's why I call myself brown girl green is that, you know, I'm both green, but I also have to emphasize that I'm a brown girl. So yeah, I bring both things to the table and um, you know, try my best to connect with like other young people around the world who want to do better storytelling to inspire people to take action. Mm, yeah, absolutely love that. And I wanted to know specifically about your background and your cultural background. How has that played into your entire journey and, and the passion? How has that shaped your, your journey and, and your perspective on this topic? Totally. Um, so, yeah, so I come from both a Filipino and a Jewish heritage background. Um, and, you know, I, I think mostly I identify as being just like mixed race, mixed ethnicity. Um, I think that a really important part of being like mixed um, for me has really made me have the ability to like see other people's perspectives and to not stay siloed into one box or one frame of thinking, which I think is really important when it comes to solving environmental issues. Um, you know, as much as it's very clear that it's a us against them when it comes to, um, you know, things like the fossil fuel industry and, you know, extraction and um, trying to address um, that there's unsustainable amounts of production and consumption um, done by corporations at the same time, um, there's people that, you know, work in these industries or there's people who might not know about these issues um, who shouldn't be necessarily automatically villainized. Um, and I think that's been an important part of my work is like, okay, I can't just judge people because they don't know what type of plastic to recycle or to go zero waste or um, that they should know these things about how we're polluting the earth. Yes, everyone, I think to some level should care, but maybe they don't know what that looks like. And I think for me, my cultural upbringing taught me to like be more patient and understanding with people and not just to like jump to conclusions and judge or cancel them right away. And I, I wish the world could be a little bit more like that, but it seems like it's getting progressively harder this day, these days to do that. Mm, yeah, I was looking about when we talk about cultural narratives and, and thinking and being very aware of, of what your cultural narrative is, because for our, whether our background is from, for me, like I have as well, a Jewish heritage. And, and for me, that, that sort of that history and that narrative that also plays a lot into, even though it's not something that's present necessarily for my, for me today, still the sort of the, the traumas and the experiences and, and all the, especially all the stories that, that has been from from my background and from the people that that is a part of, of my heritage. I think a lot of that. The more aware we be about, the more aware we are about it, the more we're able to to 
have that those conversations and and really use that from a personal empowerment space but also to empower others as well because our personal stories and our personal heritage has so much information and so much power in it as well and i wanted to know um going from that and and building on that uh, your process with with building uh brown girl green and launching it how has that been working for you and sort of can you dive a little bit into the process of how you went from having the idea to yeah. starting doing the work and right now just being able to work with young people from all around the world? Yeah. So, I mean, it originally started my last year of college where I just got really fed up. Like I was like, you know, the me the mainstream media, like I see the news, they don't even cover climate change. Um, I also saw like just in environmental activist spaces, I just like didn't see people of color, like really having a voice or like really being like the ones that are prominently mm. featured. Like, you know, everyone like loves Greta and everyone knows Greta. And like, honestly, I think Greta is amazing, but it's like, you have to think about the politics behind that. Like why like a young white woman gets a platform like that compared to all these other people um, who are less known, but are like, you know, actually living on the front lines of the climate crisis. And obviously that whole situation of like the climate strikes and everything was well after I started Brown Girl Green, but it all goes along the same thread. Like if it wasn't, you know, her, there was other white environmental activists that were being given really big platforms and I always thought, okay, they're the legit ones or they're the ones that like, are actually doing the work or they're the ones that like the world is taking seriously to address the environmental crisis. And I was like, that's kind of crap. I'm like, there's more people out there who are doing awesome work and I can't be the only one who feels like I should be included in the conversation. And I know, mm, so true. and I know, and I know things too. I have expertise, I have experiences. And I also like see through some of the BS of like the racial and economic inequities inherent in the environmental field. And I was like, this is such BS. And I was like, so I would say it's like a combination of both those things. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just make my own thing. Cause I'm not going to wait to have someone else make the content and educate people the way like I would want to talk about these things. I'm just going to go talk about these things. And that was pretty much where it got birthed was me just kind of feeling frustrated and wanting a space to kind of rant about the things I cared about. And, you know, three years later, it's kind of like grown into this way bigger thing than I even expected it was going to turn into of like interviews and videos and now, you know, podcasts and um, just like a bunch of different content that follows along those same lines of like, let's bring more representation into the room um, of different diverse perspectives on what it's going to take to address environmental issues with the hopes that it'll inspire people who come from more diverse backgrounds um, than just like white wealthy um, upbringings to feel like involved in this fight. So, yeah. And I was just thinking sort of like specifically, was there any any steps or any um, like how do you in the process have from from sort of those more abstract ideas going into the practical things that you do? Was there anything that sort of led you into the specific ways of, of speaking up or the specific platforms that you use today? Or was it just more of a organic process? It's been like, it still is an organic process. Like, I still don't even exactly know like what the best <laughs> yeah. medium is yet. Like I've experimented a lot. Like, I really don't know. Like I, I you know, I'm probably going to go back to podcasting um, with my, my podcast called Brown Girl Green, just like the name. Um, but um, 
you know, but I was doing videos, I was doing blogs, like it's been a lot of experimentation. Um, and obviously, like, I want to get back into like more consistent output of like a specific type. But I would say like, the most important thing was having people who are just down to like, help me start thinking about what this could be. Um, like my one of my childhood best friends is now my like creative lead of the whole brand. Um, and I've known him since I was 12 years old. And like, it, w- it just started off with like a series of phone calls of like, okay, like, what what is this this kind of platform defined by you know what what do we want to like leave people with how do we want to like educate folks about um information in a way that's like accessible um and you know a lot of that was just having to like iterate and experiment it's still that way today because that's the nature of social media um if i learned anything in the past three years you can never stay fixed in one type of way of communication, you have to like really stay on the pulse with these things Mm. Um, or else it's not like you become irrelevant. It's more like you just, for me, it makes me lose creativity if I don't stay in the pulse. Um, And so I'd say that's been like the most important part of my process is to know that like it can't be perfect um, if you're trying to put stuff out and you're trying to educate people as soon as you possibly can. Um, I always thought you had to be like the most polished, like videographer and documentary maker, blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, there is validity to that when you're really trying to send a powerful message, but there's also something really valid to be like, I'm just like an everyday person trying to like talk about these things. And people really like that too. Um, So you don't have to have these like barriers to entry to like be this perfect content creator to do this kind of stuff. Mm, absolutely love that that's such a good advice and I think we can in our organization as well can highly relate to that process because there's so many things as you said about experimenting and doing stuff and especially for your creativity the advice that you give about trying things out and and doing lots of different things especially helps uh, I think it also for us as well just being on different platforms to keep your creative spirits um stirring that's absolutely such a great advice um I was thinking about moving into sort of a topic and discussion about intersectional environmentalism and because it's a topic that's like been growing I think I've heard a lot of people speaking about it and a lot just something that's just really become really present in sort of the discussion about environmentalism but a lot of people I think still don't really know what it is and and why it's so important that we talk about uh, the intersection um, and that part so can you tell us a little bit more about what is exactly intersectional environmentalism and why are inclusive environmental rights so important um, in coping with the environmental crises? Um, I think it just goes back to what I was saying before about like you know, we need, um, we need people who, who come from um, different backgrounds, especially communities who are on, you know, dealing with this crisis to be talking about it. Um, I don't think they're given enough of a platform um, to like, really like educate people and break down like what this looks like. Um, And I think because of that, again, people obviously have eco-anxiety and all these things, which is very valid, but at the same time, like there's people living with this right now. And I just don't think that people really like humanize the issue enough. Like they're like, oh, like it might not happen in my lifetime, but it's like literally happening to like other people right now as we speak um, within our lifetime. And it's like, well, what's our responsibility to people that don't come from our own communities? And that's like a really important human rights question 
that people need to sit with themselves and think about is like, okay, maybe your community is not going to get impacted, but it most likely will, or future, your future generations, if you're trying to have kids or you have a family, like everyone's going to be impacted by this, but like, obviously it's going to be disproportionate across the board, depending on where you live and like your socioeconomic status. Um, but I think like people need to like tap in and like actually learn from those people to develop greater empathy um, and to understand like the proximity of the issue, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I was also thinking when you said about uh, it's just the, the disproportionate way of the effects of the environmental crisis and the environmental, uh, the things that are happening right now in the world, because we see a disproportionate effects of people from, from different backgrounds and cultural backgrounds and racial backgrounds as well. And I think it's a hugely important issue to, to realize that, that these sort of spillover effects from the environmental crisis is actually happening to a high degree to certain people and that we need support communities even more in, in those areas and in those sort of demographics as well. And I think it's something that we need to realize that if we if we help support those communities as well, we actually have an even bigger step moving forward in the future as well because because it's going to happen to all of us, but someone has experienced it maybe before you, but if you don't if you don't take the action steps right now, we're actually going to have an even bigger effect in the future, right? Um, exactly. Yes. I realized I was muted. <laughs> <laughs> that happens too. Uh, exactly. Um, so talking about this um, and, and being a young activist yourself, I wanted to know because you, you talk about uh, speaking up about the issue and sharing and sort of sharing the message and the information. But what can we as young people do to both speak up about it, but also some of like some easy action steps that we can take to to move forward and support helping this uh, issue uh, moving forward in the future? Yeah, no, I, I would say that like the most important thing is um, educating your friends and family about, um, about the climate crisis, educate them about um, things like environmental racism. Um, and obviously you can frame that in whatever way you think would actually get them to understand if maybe those kinds of words make them are like, what are you talking about? Um, I would say like also, you know, coming up this Friday um, is the climate strike. I don't know when this episode is going to air, but um, you know, there's a lot of youth climate movements um, from around the world. So I would connect with like other young people who are organizing um, events, especially as things you know, depending on where you live, hopefully open up more for people to organize and get involved. But even if it's not in person, there's so much like virtual organizing happening. Um, and I, I just think it's about like building community. It all comes down to relationships. Like don't just view it as, oh, I can just do it all myself. Cause I can tell you after doing this for eight years, um, actually longer, almost like nine years now, like you will burn out like you have to you have to like find your people whatever that means to you and like talk about these things and brainstorm and do collaborative projects i would say that's like key because if you try to just do it yourself you'll last a little bit but eventually you are going to fizzle out because you're going to be like well like i don't know what my identity is outside of like the work i do and blah 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 it's like you need friends you need people who are going to support you along the way. So 
I think that's my biggest advice of mm. all. Amazing. Um, and I think that's such a great advice as well to give. And I think also from, from your personal journey as well, just seeing that. Could you, um, is there anything like outside of your your amazing platform and the content from your both your podcast and, and your website, which is absolutely, I think there's so much for me personally, there was just like so many little details that I wasn't aware about that especially helped me just moving forward in in having a more nuanced perspective on the climate crisis and and seeing things but is there any other platforms or websites or podcasts that you could recommend to someone else yeah um i yeah so i would love people to check out the brown girl green podcast but um i also love uh, my friend kamea's uh, podcast called the green dreamer podcast mm. um i'd recommend people check out news from manga bay news that's like where i get most of my like environmental justice focused news um check out intersectional environmentalists which is a group that i'm a part of um and definitely like i would just like research if you're based in the u.s specifically like um different environmental justice groups they're like if you just type in environmental justice groups in your area um, most of the time some sort of organization will pop up so i would definitely just like make take the time to do that research Mm, definitely. And for you, I think just have a question about working in both the intersectional environmental space and also the environmental justice space. Could you maybe elaborate a little bit more about what it is in like how do these two intersect and why is it so important that we talk about justice in, in the climate crisis as well? I mean, the climate crisis issue is a justice issue. So mm -hmm. we can't talk about like climate change without talking about social justice because Um, that's how policies and laws get implemented um, are along the lines of justice or injustice and which communities um, get that redistribution of resources and who does it. Um, so that's all I have to say. About that. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I, I love that way that you that use like the connection between those two, because I think it's something that we sometimes forget is, is that it's as much a social issue as it is an environmental issue, because we need the people to actually help us um help the planet right um so moving forward so for you today before we round this up what does it mean for you to be an environmentalist an environmentalist to me just means being deeply connected to the issues of humanity and to the earth at the same time and being able to reconcile like the pain and the beauty that coexist within that and being able to just like embody living between those two spaces mm, yeah and if you could uh, give any advice or message to your fellow gen z's uh, out there what would you like, like to say to them i would just say that um young people have way more power than they even realize and the more that we like recognize how scared older adults and companies are of us i think like the more we're going to be able to like flip this thing on its head as soon as possible so share your story make a platform if if that feels like it's calling to you as a storyteller um like people need to like hear from you um, we need as many people to educate their communities and the people around them uh, to move towards action Mm, amazing thank you so much uh for everyone i just have a last question i wanted to ask you so 
what we do in our community is that we love to support each other and and connect with with different young people and working to to just in general improve uh, the conditions for humanity and increase inclusivity uh, for the future. So so for you, how can we as a community support you and and Brown Grill Green? Yeah, I mean, I would love if people are interested. I do have like a Brown Girl Green um, community space that I launched um, last month. And the goal of that is to just have like, um, just like more in-depth talks that aren't on social media. Um, so that way people can just like really connect with others. So if people are interested in signing up for that, it's uh, bit.ly backslash BGG community if people are interested. Um, also, you can follow me, Brown Girl Green, on social media. Go to my website, browngirlgreen.org, or subscribe to the Brown Girl Green podcast, which, you know, I plan to be putting out more episodes soon. Perfect. Amazing. Absolutely love that. You know, I thank you so much, Christy, for, for tuning in with me today. And thank you so much for all the amazing tips and insights that you share with us today. I had so many takeaways that that I would love to share with my community as well and with our <laughs> team. And, and we can't wait to, to hear more from you in the future and, and see how things is moving on. Thank you so much for inviting me. This episode was brought to you by Humanity Up. Thank you for tuning in and for being part of this amazing community. I'll see you next time.